Yeah, so then Ricky's record came next, right? Full for the Funk. Oh. And uh, I was like, wow, man, Ricky, you are living the dream, you know? Being uh, from my side of the fence with DJing and, and writing and all that, and actually getting your own funk record. You know, and I, to this day, I don't understand how... Let me put this in the right words. That's a unique record. I haven't heard anything where someone took interviews, slammed the funk underneath it, gave it choruses, and made hooks, and actually arranged it, remember, arranged it to make sense. And it didn't kind of catch on within, you know, other realms it's just it just boggles my mind i thought that was one of the craziest greatest coolest funkiest projects at that time and and with the connection rick you know rick has a thousand connections and but you know some sometimes you know he's actually working on a double album version of that so he hasn't given up on that project so this he's also working on Part two, you know, the, um, the Ricky Vincent CD or Project Part two, but he still wants to put out a double album of the first one. So, who knows, man? <laughs> how who knows how? what might happen? I, it's it's just <clears throat> I just thought it was so unique. I, I really didn't. I thought, was, wow, if I didn't know this guy, I would buy this or I would want to push this because it's. It was so unique. I mean, with all our funk heroes on it, too, being interviewed and talking just like how me and you were talking, right? Yep. So uh, the, the world is strange. I mean, people are sensitive. People are... The powers that be are very unique. So I'll just leave it right there. How, how long did it take to do that project? Oh, <laughs> that one took a couple of years. When I say years, I mean definitely that. <clears throat> that took plenty of time. Um, Rick did a lot of the arrangements too on that. I don't know if um, it's credited that way, but when we would when he would come to my studio, he would hear something. He'd be like, "No, man, I needed to go." Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm like, "What are you talking about? No, right there, right there, Phil. I needed to go." Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I got I, I don't even know what it was, but. I would tell him, you mean like this? He's like, oh yeah, like that. So that's arranging. And that's what he basically did with a lot of those parts on some of them. I think um, there's only really one real, com I don't want to use the word commercial because that can be. There was one that I that I didn't do 
really too much on them at all except put it in the right spot where it needed to go or help with that part. Uh, uh, forget, uh, I think it's the guy's name is Will Maggot. He he did one of the he produced the, the track and it and it was truly a, a sleepy type song, no interview. So, but it's I think the way Rick put each song in different orders and how they flow to each other did an awesome job with it. Well, what you're saying goes all the way back to James Brown with grunting out an arrangement, you know? Right. Don't know. How, wait. Yeah. Rick doesn't know anything about the instruments, but he knows. Yeah. I need that. I needed to go like this because <clears throat> on Funk or Nuts, we did about ten different versions of that song. He had different artists playing and different folks. That I, I won't say their names because they, their version didn't get used. And I said, you know, Rick, I'll do it. Right, so I sat in here. That's it. That's what. That's the way I wanted to go, just like that. I, was, I said, "That's all you had to say, man, from the beginning." Because that that actual that song took months to do. I mean, because we were trying to do it like the album, not like the album. Touch on it, don't touch on it. If we went back and forth, and then finally just came to what you hear on the record now, the version that I ended up actually playing the instrument song. I was going to ask whose idea was it to bring back that Ohio Players track? Uh, all of that is Ricky Vincent. That's 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 all Rick. Cause uh, I think he even got his kids chatting in the background saying "too funk" or not or not too funk. So uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, Zuzilla pops up over there uh, saying some something crazy. Uh, uh, I don't know who else. Uh, it's it's a lot of stuff going on on that record, but I, that's that's one of my favorites on there. Yeah, I remember I saw the Ohio Players. Um, they they built it as debuting Funkonauts. They played the Roxy on Sunset Boulevard the in Roxy. 1978, uh, and uh, I was at that show in the front row. And, wow! And they did an early and a late show. And my friend and I like hung out and we were able to like be at both of them. And we're sitting in the front in, in the second one. And I swear, like uh, Merv, like on horns and stuff, was like doing like a double take, like look at this, like you guys were you guys were just here. Yeah. You know? Show me, show me your ticket. Your ticket's from the early show, huh? <laughs> yeah. But uh Funkonauts, that was the first time they ever played it, I'm pretty sure. And that was such a spacey track at the time, though. If you think about it, all that did you, did you, all that little Star Wars, Star yeah. Wars sound and stuff was they was you know putting in there too. I was like, oh yeah, that's the track. <laughs> it did not take off like they had hoped it would, but yeah. No, let's see, and that's just it. But look, we're talking about it. What forty years later? I mean, that's it's a lot of stuff don't take off like they expect or to be the big seller and then it's those tracks that end up so surviving the test of time oh yeah um when you say something like that just immediately pops to my head like cosmic slop you know of, of, of course, right i don't remember that being a radio hit but it, it stands the test of time i mean from the beginning to that doom 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 those first three notes right there on the drums you know something crazy is about to happen and just takes you on a journey. That's another one of those ones, like we were talking about earlier. I never get tired of hearing Cosmic Slop. 
Yeah, that's that's one that can play. You can put it on right now. We can take a break and listen to it, and, and then talk about it after. That's how tight it was. And you know, of course, different versions, right? Because you have the the studio version, right? And then you have the the hanger version from um, Hardcore Jollies, which is the version that I was accustomed to first. Me so too. When I yep, heard me that too. Studio yep. version, I was like, that's that's okay. I guess it's being arranged. I, it was it was just different, but the same at the same time. Yeah. When you came to 2017, um, the final chapter, uh, yeah, that was a false alarm, as it turns out. But, um, you know, with this record especially, I, I, I sensed uh, some disenchantment with Phil, the funky instrumentalist. <laughs> yeah, he kind of put the instrumentalist in the corner somewhere and said, okay, and if you look at the album cover, it's dark. It's kind of, it was a dark time, man. I, I felt, I felt the dawn of um, Armageddon was upon us. It was. I didn't see that, um, not with the funk, but with what was happening in the world at the time. I, I just didn't see that America was ready for a game show host to, to, to run it, and that kind of threw me off into another whole tangent that. Most of the albums up until then, you never heard me say a cuss word on that one. Like, say different. It's like, a, I'm just going to come at you one on one, look you dead in the eye and tell you this is what's coming. But I still wanted to make it as funky as hell at the same time. I wanted to put so much bump into it. I, I really wanted to not only just what I was talking about to hit you, I wanted to make sure that that music was hitting you in the gut with every note to the very end, pretty much. <clears throat> yeah. Your um... final chapter. And I thought it was, I thought it was going to be the final chapter too. I actually thought I was going to say, you know what? I'm going to take a break. I mean, when I said break, I thought I was really going to, semi-retired from recording under the name PTFI after that too. But as we get to the future is now, when we talk about that, things changed. You know, that the, the outlook changed. It started to, I started to see more light at the end of the tunnel, if you will, with just um, the way things are going. So, but back to the final chapter, that, that first, that first track, um, the 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 electro hypnotic bump music if you will was at an all time i had it turned up to 10 maybe even 12 on a scale of 1 to 10 i wanted to make sure that that bass hit you that was that mode keyboard and all of those little wink, 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 all those little intricate sounds all added in i wanted to make sure okay funk isn't dead matter of fact it's stronger than ever here you go have a piece <laughs> yeah you took some, uh, you know, you were naming names, too. <laughs> uh, Patty, go put that pie away, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Miss Patty LaBelle, you know, I love her, but uh, yeah, she was, she was at one of the little commercials selling pies. So I was like, okay. It kind of, 
this album remind or that album reminded me a lot of when um let's take it to the stage the concept of where uh george and those guys were saying calling out names um uh, you know for like sliding the family stone and yeah. It, it, all, all of that so he kind of flipped the names around i was like oh, i'm not even gonna flip the names i'm just gonna say the names and somebody gets mad maybe that maybe that a catapult it off into something and who knows what happened but it's all in fun um no no real harm to anyone don't really want to uh hurt any feelings just want you to listen like george said we're not mad we just need a hit <laughs> well that opening cut like you said i mean that just grabs you right away one of my favorites and um also bmmf <laughs> i don't know what that stands for but man that's that was a uh, a fun track to do that was a fun track i i actually i don't know if i put down in the notes that i, I sent you that i actually got rick uh phil uh Who else? It's a couple other folks, and they're just saying da 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 I had them hum the the horn part, so I tucked them away underneath there because I wanted to put that family vibe on this track too. So they seemed to like it, so it was cool. Like I said, I try not to cater to anyone, just to everyone, not to anyone, but I want to cater to everyone, which is kind of play on words, but. I just want everyone to try to feel this funk, man. I want I want you to feel it, and then go back, listen to it again, and then take a second dose and really see where I'm trying to come from with it. Yeah, and for me, and I gotta believe it's true for most diehard funketeers, the music comes first. You know, the music has to hit the one. It it, ha- it has to be funky i mean it's got to grab you it's got to hit you in that funky place Mm -hmm. lyrics are secondary you know if it has thoughtful good lyrics all the Mm -hmm. better (laughs) you know what i mean that's like you're talking to the instrumentalist of course i know what you mean man that's (laughs) that's 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 part of my dna if it if the beat ain't hidden you might as well just forget about it but yeah it's uh you know, and then at times, if you really truly got something to say, a lot of the lyricists will disagree because it's it's poetry to them. So they want to come across and make sure that the vocals are and what they're saying is just riding over whatever else is underneath. You hit the nail right on the head. I always invert it. I'm always going to put that beat up in front. Because you might not even like what I'm saying, but at least I got you bobbing your head. You And then you can come back and say, oh, man, that dude's crazy. Why is he saying that? Damn, that music is hidden. You know, that's kind of, <laughs> that's my concept. And that's what I want to try to, that's what I want to keep rolling with till I have no more strength in my body to do it. I'm, I don't plan on stopping. I want to keep it at this pace. Hopefully I can put out something every two years or, or less, or, but always, for my inner circle of folks such as Rick try to keep working on his stuff and also Zoot keep working on his stuff as well so um, the future is going to be bright for us I think we're going to be all right you're talking musically or, or world view now all 
it, we, it's got to get brighter, man. It, 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 it. I, I was, I was trying to, I was trying to see what's I, what I even try to touch on some other things that are happening with coronavirus and all this other stuff. That's I'm just gonna push all that stuff aside for a little while and really focus on some good stuff and. It's hard to find the good stuff. It's not a lot of it, but it's some still out there. So you know what? Try to listen around. I always maintained that a lot of artists' best music, best works, was when they were like angry. You know, yeah. um, <laughs> when you hear, um, you know, like Prince and like Irresistible Bitch that we mentioned before, the angry Prince, you know, where he's screaming. And um, Stevie Wonder, when he's doing, you know, living for the city, like, especially like toward the end where he's mad, you know, that's the stuff that just grips for me, just grips you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm still mad. I'm just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to see what we can do. Uh, no telling between the next two years. With this, I'm just, I'm open for both sides of the coin. I, I just don't want to be that angry guy all the time there's a uh, fun lovable side too <laughs> not 24 7 but i'm just saying uh some artists they kind of lose touch with that though i think and they get too watered down but i uh, know absolutely absolutely <clears throat> i get it and i agree a million percent with gotta mention another track on that um final chapter and made you king the bass uh yeah, be careful with that one too. That might uh, blow up some speakers too. <laughs> I was, I think I was mad on that track too. So, uh, <laughs> who died? That major king. Yeah, that's. Yeah, man. And sometimes those lyrics actually help push the music because that I, I did the music track and then I listened to. It, I said, nah. It's got to have a little more yump to it. So I went in there and twisted it. And I really wanted it to kind of bounce all over the place. And that helped bring it out. So it's kind of a back and forth sometimes between the lyrics and the music. So sometimes I'll do a track, then do the lyrics, and then say, ah, no, we need to put the, put that music or that bass or, or that uh, that bump in front and that's what we did with um and major king do you usually work on uh, multiple tracks at one time or you kind of focus and you know i try to focus the the best i like to get like a whole gumbo soup going i'll try to do 30 songs but it'll be mostly the music unless I may add the hook and then I'll come back with the main verses, if you will. But sometimes, like uh, on that BMF track, that all hit at once. It was just weird how that how that one came about. That that beat was so strong, I couldn't stop. I said, "Oh," and the idea started coming. I said, oh, "Got to go into the booth and put this down here." So. But that definitely started with the that crazy hook, and then, but the verse followed immediately. I mean, almost instantaneously. That was pretty much a 
that that song was done about in, in two days, pretty much. Yeah. How do you decide which ones you're going to throw some guitar on? You know, it's that same concept that we were talking about earlier. If um, I look at my, I kind of put in my split personality um, hat. Sometimes a guitar player isn't needed, um, or lead guitar player may not be needed. So that's what I meant, lead guitar. I tell them, I tell them to stay home. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, 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 it can add, or either sometimes it can drown out what I'm trying to do. If I can get through the song, I think of that whole. I go back to the Ernie Isley, or not Ernie Isley, but the Isley Brothers track. Uh, go for your guns. You know how it has the the first half, and then it stops. Do 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 do. And then just bust out, and then all of a sudden he does that whole second half is the solo. That's kind of that's my DNA. Sometimes I don't need that second half. I'll just say okay, do 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 do, and stop. It's time to move to the next song. But I'm always thinking about adding that second half, you know, which would be guitar solo or either maybe some crazy keyboard line to, to add more flavor to it, or. If, like you and Ricky Vincent would say, stretch it out, you know, so that the funk heads can keep that that vibe going. But that song by the Isley Brothers that go for your guns is, man, that's my template. I love how they did that, how they just, I mean, the song, the first half is strong by itself. That was, But then to break it down, put a little groove in between, let you know this is another song, but it's the same song as before, but we're going to feature that guitar. So that's kind of how it's really no decision until the very, very end to say, do we really need this or do I want to have it really part of the song? Because some of them need it, some of them don't. That's my all-time favorite Isley's album. Oh, it's me too. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I never, as a, another, I never get tired of hearing that one either. I, I was listening to it the other day. That's why it just came to mind. That's I was like, that's it's classic. And they were doing, think about it. They were doing part ones and part twos way back then, and putting them on the album, letting you know you're getting part one and part two. By the forty-five, you get part one, then you got to flip it over to get yeah. part two. <laughs> so those, man, those are good old days, man. Those those are really the good old days. The trivia out on those, though, is that, um, except, I mean, Go For Your Guns is uh, atypical, but usually you could not tell where part two came on from part one. I mean, right, right. right. Yeah. But then that would be that would be the engineer's job when they're getting ready to, okay, no, we got to cut it because we can only get so much on a 45 because that's what 45s were still selling, right? So, yeah, it worked that much. One well, of the first 45s you know, I bought was uh, Fight the Power. Let, let, me, let me bring to light something, too, which is kind of part of my template. Aqua Boogie, the 12-inch. Aqua Boogie, the 12-inch. A monster song by itself. But once it gets towards the end, after it has that Moog bridge and that and then and then if it if you're getting ready to get more for what you're talking for, 
All they did was take it back to the beginning and start it all over again without the vocals. I love that. That was just genius. They didn't have to call back any studio musicians. They know about, that was all in the mix with the engineers. So that right there, that was another part of my template. Do I need to stop it and start it all over again and just let the music play? Or do I have to do it like the Isaac Brothers, stop it and start it all again and put a solo? So it all depends on the vibe of the song is what I'm trying to get at. But that 12-inch and that Isley Brothers, that, those are classic examples <coughs> excuse me, of how you can take something that's great already and make it even greater. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I, I got I can definitely see those two. Oh, one other one that I'll add personally is uh, the One Nation 12 inch. The way. Uh, now, uh, now, wait, wait, wait. wait now, one Nation. Hold on. But see, that one was a little different because if you really listen to that, there's a lot of engineering and studio edits, right? I mean, especially those breaks. Man, I wish we could put it on right now and just listen to it and I could point them out to you. I mean, every every eight bars, I just, they were stopping and bring it back. Stop it, bring it back. Stop it, bring it back. Stop it, bring it back. And then on that fourth time, take it to that bridge, take out all the vocals, and then just have the dodeo does coming down and then bring in Mike Hampton for the guitar solo. Genius. Talking about arrangements. Genius arrangements. They they sat down and really said, okay, how are we going to keep the people dancing but funk them at the same time? That was a true blending of Parliament Funk Fidelity. That 12-inch of one nation. Genius. And then awesome. if you flip that over, you get the whole guitar part. Well, also just the um, the audio quality of it. Uh, the grooves were spread out on the 12-inch. The sound was phenomenal on that too. Yeah, that was on that. That was on Warner Brothers. I remember getting that for three dollars and ninety-nine cents at uh, I forget the name of the store. I'm sure it's not in business anymore. But I remember getting that. Once I got that 12-inch, I wore it out. It was just ridiculous, man. It took me on a ride every time I was started. And you know, if you really listen, if you really listen to the very beginning, I mean, right when they're starting out, you could tell whether or not it's the 12-inch or it's the album. They say something really quick, and it gets cut short. You know what? When you got time, we'll, we'll, we'll break down that one nation <laughs> <laughs> Twelve years because this it's a lot of little hidden gems in that thing, man. It's it's it's, it's all time great. Twelve inch. I remember it was in a, a jacket and it said disco at the top. Do you remember that? It's like Warner yeah. Brothers cover and it said disco. I was like, man, are you? That's kidding me. Yeah, no, so you got it. Grab it and bring it in. Yeah. <laughs> Classic, man. Classic. Hey, so we're uh, we're almost up to date here, Phil. Um, yeah, where are we? We're we're on uh, futures now, baby. Um, where is the future? The futures now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, which makes me think of uh, that pleasure record. Um, but uh, we uh, that reminded me of Cosmic Slot, though. 
Oh, well, yeah. Sound-wise. Yeah, because yeah, they were weird universal children. They were singing the same type of thing. I was like, what? But Pleasure was so deep, man. They they didn't know what to do with that group. They were jazz. They were funk. They, they just didn't know... They, they were that stuff was next level at the time and the record companies just didn't know what to do and now I'm just gonna say that it just seems like they didn't know how to it was so many other D cuts on those albums that they were putting out there that they just didn't get played and that was kind of sad yeah but I definitely love love some pleasure pleasure with yeah. um and those guys are great I mean I had um uh, Nate and uh, Michael Hepburn on the show. I mean, they were great. Um, oh, oh man, I work. gotta go dig up that show. Check it out. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, Very you'll good. you'll really dig that. Um, okay. So, so, when did it become apparent to you that hey, I'm not like taking such a break. I'm actually coming back. Um. I turned around and, and looked because I always keep a file of new songs versus old stuff. <clears throat> when I already had, I had six songs already done, vocals and all. I was like, wait a minute, I guess I'm not done. And then after I was up to that six, I said, I can go on and do another CD, another album. Let me let me concentrate and put something together that's strong and hopefully that my funk people will truly love and enjoy. Um, some some of the words, or some of them might be a little <laughs> risque, but uh, it hits the point. Um, I started using some more, um, more, I don't, not, not samples, it was more of a, um, the Mac format. I think we had talked about, you thought I was on a Mac. I, most of my stuff has been, I've, I've used um, the PC format. Some of those tracks, I started using my, my Mac with it, and it gave me a different soundscape that I was able to work with, which, uh, like on that track, F With You, that's all Mac stuff. And for me to be able to leave enough room to come back with the live bass and little guitar riffs and keyboards and it really opened up another world that I hadn't even really been messed with. I was always a PC person, but the Mac over here kind of just opened up another door. I'm already thinking about my next project. It's going to be even crazier, but uh, we'll wait. No rush. We got plenty of time. And Ricky actually made his way onto two cuts on this one. Yeah. Now, yeah, Rick, Rick is always. Uh, around the, I, I like to say around the corner. Even if he just, even if he just breathes on the album or cut, I think he just breathes on one of those. Uh, on the, I deliver the funk. I think he goes. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Oh man, I guess I got to give you credit for that, buddy." <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's a. It's some crazy names you may see on there. I'm going way back to Beatmaster P. That was back in my rap days. Uh, uh, Mr. Clean. Uh, it's, I was just pulling out every name that I may have used over my 30-year career. I mean, in and out. But 
nothing really took off more so than coming full circle back to this whole PTFI persona. Uh, they that's going to be the hook, line, and sinker going forward. I like it. It's short to the point. Some folks know who it is, know where I came from, and, and it seems to work out. So I will keep folking as long as people want to hear fall. That's kind of my decree. If you want to hear some fall, I'll keep doing it. Hey, God bless you, man. Yeah, thank you. I got to uh, mention some highlights for me on this one. Um, hold on. Okay. Uh, that's got Mr. Maurice Jackson back. He was the guy who showed me how to literally play guitar back when, um, I want to say the, the early, the late 80s, early 90s, we were in a band called Neutron, uh, just playing gigs. Uh, one of the, when you talk about rhythm guitar players, one of the baddest rhythm guitar players unknown. We could do a whole uh, song with all the folks that I've probably touched because there's so many artists that don't get that extra notoriety. You know, it's the local guys that are, you know, paying their dues in the clubs or uh, playing the gigs. He was one of them. And uh, uh, he was in town and I said, man, I got to get you on the track. I'm trying to finish this album up. I think you can probably add some of your little swift rhythm stuff on here and sure enough man he brought that track to life we started from scratch nothing and we did that track literally like less than 24 hours i mean one night put the bottom together the next day he flew home i said man i want you to send me i need some i need a lead on this thing he sent it to me put it together and it was pretty much done so maurice jackson Bad cat, man. He actually showed up on, he does that crazy solo on Dr. Illenstein's album on um, Mind, Body, and Soul. There's a track on there called Mind, Body, and Soul. Guitar part is crazy. That's one where it just goes and goes and goes. So that's one of those instrumental tracks where we just said, okay, man, just, just do your thing. And he did it. So it's pretty cool. Never going to talk about it. Never gonna talk about it. Never gonna joke about it. Yeah, that's <laughs> that was a fun track too. That's that's a fun one. My Cheerios. That's my whole. Hey, what? Before we get to Cheerios, the whole concept around never gonna talk about it, never gonna joke about it. There's a lot of folks on social media where they tell on themselves, and what I mean by that, you got all these. Uh, I don't know what you want to call them. Some folks that may be not doing what they're supposed to do. They pick up their phone and post themselves on social media. Incriminate themselves. Why, why would you snitch on yourself? I mean, <laughs> stop it. Put your phones. If you, I'm not going to promote doing bad, but if you're going to put your phone away, it's enough cameras out here to record you already. <laughs> Everyone's worried, worried about Big Brother watching us. Everyone has cameras at home and at work and on street corners. It, you don't need to say, oh, look at what I'm doing. Nobody really cares. But do what you must. <laughs> but I'm never going to talk about it and never going to joke about it. Not that I'm doing anything bad, but 
that's just what I'm not going to do. So, yeah, my Cheerios, what's that about? There was a commercial where it was a, uh, a mixed couple. Uh, the dad was lay, uh, laying on the couch. The mom was standing up. And somehow it created this uproar about how someone's being lazy and why would you do this? Why would you have a mixed couple pushing Cheerios? Well, the way I saw it was I love my Cheerios. I love for integration and mixed or matched. It doesn't matter. I thought it was a great commercial. It was a little uh, different for the time. I don't know if you saw the commercial, but it was a it was the dad was laying on the couch and he had his Cheerios and the little girl came over and was trying to help him with his Cheerios and the mom just walked by and I was like, oh man, that's cool. A lot of people didn't see it as cool. A lot of folks got upset. This is when I was still, you know, looking at social media back then. So some of my concepts that I use for some of the new stuff, I'm just getting around to putting it out now. But this is based on an old commercial that I saw. So the, that's why you hear me say, don't funk with my Cheerios. Leave my Cheerios alone. Let us come together. It's no reason for us to have a a commercial with just this type of people or just those type of people. You can blend them all together and we can have Cheerios together. <laughs> so that's kind of, I'm going back to the old school of subliminally trying to pick your brain to let you know that, yeah, sounds like I'm talking about just a box of Cheerios, but no, I'm talk actually talking about, I want to be able to blend everything and everybody together so that there's no divisions. I look at, when I see people that like funk, I see multiple shades of people that love funk. It's not just one type of people, it's all type of people. So it's a goofy title, um, but if you, and if you, I really made the word sound really strange. I didn't want to be super clear on that track, you really, I wanted that to be something you really got to try to hear what I'm trying to say because I'm talking about uh, a biological connection of trying to blend things together, especially people, so that we're not all in our corner, you're in your corner, and now I'm just going to live happily ever after. No, we want to come together and try to make a beautiful thing together. That's my Cheerios. I don't know if you know it was that deep, so I'm. <laughs> I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't sure it was that deep. I appreciate the explanation. Um, what I'm wondering is, though, you mentioned about sending that one track to the NBA. Uh, mm -hmm. Did you send this one to like Kellogg's or? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> See, that's what I think I will. But you know, it's kind of, it might be too funky for me. Yeah, probably so. I don't know. But you know, yeah, hey. You never know, right? Never uh, you know. Yeah. Never freaking. Uh, you know what? I think I will just for the funk of it now, and just say, "Hey, you may want to think about using this in the background of one of your commercials." Yeah, you better be careful that it might have an attorney tell you to cease and desist using the Cheerios name. <laughs> okay, and then and wait, a minute. and I will. No problem. Throw it to the side. Move on to the next. Nope. <laughs> 
Um, you know, that, yeah, that, might be, hey, that might be the hump I need to get over is actually try to get a cease and desist letter, right? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> That'll put you on the map. Yeah, 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 yeah. The um, next couple are really, you um, you know, level uh, some good shots at the uh, man in the White House these days. <laughs> and, you know, and Bob, the one that, you know, has been the one that you uh, led the album with. Right. That was yeah, actually released a year before the album. If, if you notice, I released that on january 1st of 2019 and then i released the entire album on january 1st of 2020 so yeah um i was angry i was a little angry because it looks like we were going nowhere and a lot of stuff was just being piled up and nobody was doing anything it just seems like we were just that james brown record we were talking loud and saying nothing it just was really just getting under my skin. So, and like you said, sometimes we do our best or worst when we're a little angry. So that's why I went on and just said, let me put this out. Some folks liked it. Some people heard the little funkadelic um, part. When we get together, doing our thing, it's bumpity bump. So I tried to tie it back to the funk as usual. So um, I did, I got some negative stuff when I started talking about the Facebook part. Some people told me they were upset that I mentioned that people would um, sell out to Facebook for like a hundred bucks if they stopped using Facebook for a, a week, but would want more money if they did it longer. So the version that's got released first, it has it over there because that's like the quote long version on the album. I cut all of that out. So if you really want to hear the long version, you got to do a different download than what's on the album. I I don't know. Maybe I should have just left that part on the album, but uh, I said, you know what? I get it. Some of us are sensitive. I'll take out. The only part I'll take out is the Facebook part because um, the rest has got to stay. Because <laughs> I'll talk about Facebook later in another song. Was it uh, your intention to have such a long gap from when that came out to the full record? Right. See, remember I said I, I thought I was that was pretty much just going to be it. Within the first six months, I'd already had another six songs just out of habit because I got a routine on the weekends, late at night. I don't go out and party. I come to the studio, you know, going by the studio right here, safe. I can pour myself a little beverage and before I knew it I had over half of the album done and I said you know what let me concentrate and build on this album and you know what wow 2020 <clears throat> excuse me 2020 is so I made a challenge to myself I said you know what I bet I can get this done and have it released on my first day of the year so then I ramped it up and said let me get this done Sure enough, I was able to get it done. Yeah. It wasn't a full 79 or 80 minutes of music. This one was only an hour long, which is still enough to get your funk on, too, I believe. Yeah, I noticed and, that. And lo and behold, you know, you know, if, um, if Stefan motherfucking does what he likes to always do, he, 
he'll take one of my tracks and he might do a long version. So you might want to be on the lookout for some remixes down the down the line. Thanks. And I love the closer. Uh, Mug, um, Moog is uh, how we're talking about. Uh, how to see if you got it, it right. <laughs> uh, most people say Moog control, but it's actually Moog control. I like, you know what? I'm okay with people calling it Moog still. They've been calling it Moog for 40 years, but so. But once I found out that his actual name, the creator of the instrument, his name was Bob Moog. I said, you know what? I want to try to let the Funketeers know what the real name is because we've seen it around for a long time, especially with Junie. I mean, not Junie. I'm sorry, Bernie. But Junie and Bernie. I mean, Junie was such a keyboard wizard, and and Bernie is such a, a orchestrator or the other folk when it comes to keyboards. It's I give props to both of them. Oh, that track especially, though, I mean, conjures thoughts of Bernie. Uh, absolutely. Um, I know Rick, he's like, man, I'm going to use that for my next CD. I said, man, it's coming out on the first. I don't know. You're going to be ready before the first? <laughs> so you, you might see that revised because he likes to reuse some of my tracks. I'm like, man, not too many people have access to a lot of my tracks, but um, the professor does, so he, he's earned that. So by now, I mean, if you built up sort of like a core following, do you feel? Um... I, I feel it's it's a core following, but it can definitely grow some more. I mean, whoever wants to listen, it's all there. It's all on iTunes and Spotify and all these other formats that are there for the listener. Um, there's always room to always room to grow. I know for myself though, the format that I'm using, I, I'm really comfortable with it. Um, I don't know what the next project holds. I, I really just, I like just listening to the body of work sometimes and, and see what I've done, what I'm doing, and then I can try to figure out what I'm going to do from that. Is there anyone else out there today that you hear um, and you kind of like? I want to say Gary. G give me a second. Oh, I don't Gary, blow it. Gary Clark? Yes. Oh, my goodness. That dude right there, man. Uh, he's been around for a while. And, you know, it's, I don't know if he's considered made it or hasn't made it. Or what, but... Uh, the production of his latest album, whoever engineered and gave it that sonic quality, it's the kind of stuff that I like to hear. I mean, he's got his guitar riffs and vocals and all that, but the overall sonic quality of that album is just top tier notch stuff. So yeah, definitely that guy. Mm -hmm. um, it's this other lady, and I don't know her name, but she goes by her. H-E-R her productions are pretty sonically sound too and if you kind of follow what, what I'm looking for in music that I like the overall production um, has to have like a like a sonic quality to it because if it doesn't it just blends in with all of the other I don't want to say noise but the other noise that's out there 
I like stuff that has this, a sonic quality that makes it kind of stand out a little bit. And those two kind of just stand out just a little bit. They're, they're not way out there, but who's ever doing their production and doing their producing and engineering and, and then the arrangements, they're, they're pretty top-notch to me right now. Yeah, Gary Clark, I know pretty well. Oh, um, her sure. I've, I've heard of, but I, I couldn't say, you know, I haven't heard a whole album. You know? what, and you know what? And, and what's so weird, though, because the way I listen, I couldn't even tell you any of the titles of their songs, but I love the production of their albums because I'm, I'm still at the phase of just getting through this overall sonic quality of the album. So, Well, Gary Clark went from being um, really sort of a mainstream blues kind of player <clears throat> thing, see that. to where yeah. that record is like way beyond very much uh producer's album yeah 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 so ambitious it's much more ambitious yeah yeah absolutely um who else tell me what's some of yours let's, let's see maybe i'm just drawing a blank what's what are some of your some some artists you know today that, that's out there well, anyone like, who's doing doing some funk to like, you know, even overseas, like Octave Pussy and absolutely, I know. dig them too. Absolutely. What was that other group? I think you mentioned them earlier. The big, big Get Down or something like that. Or, oh yeah, you know? yeah, Big Old Nasty Get Down, and yeah. also yeah. I like um, uh, Bootsy's protege, bass player, um, Freak, Freak, Freak Bass. Yeah. Have you have you heard the new track? I like the last record a lot. Yeah, the, the he has a track, man. It's like get ready for the funk show. I think. Yeah. Oh, hot track. Yeah. I, I like that. And Free Bass has been paying his dues for a long time now. So uh, much props to him. That, that dude, he's sticking with it and just keeping it on the one, and not changing nothing. Trying to keep it keep it funky. And and you know, I really I look to these these names that we're saying because. We know them, but the rest of the world may not know of all of them because they're not in that top 40 um, repetitious uh, rotation. Now they're coming for the Motet. I don't know if you've heard them. They're really no. hot out of Denver. I mean, they keep true the funk. Uh, really? Dumpster, dumpster Funk out of oh, uh, New Orleans. Yeah, yeah Dumpster Funk. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Galactic, also out of New Orleans. Okay. Um, so a lot of groups like that that are still keeping the funk alive. Lettuce. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, so I was just trying to pull, you know, it's hard to just pull them out the sky like that when you say, hey, what, what are you listening yeah. to today? All, all of the above. But, yeah. you know, on my playlist, I still listen to the old stuff, too. Now oh, yeah. Because I, I find, <clears throat> when I say old stuff, I mean... Just the old stuff, you know, just because makes me feel good, right? Because it's that stuff that I'm comfortable with and what I like. I just, I mean, to give you an idea, it's just, just this week I got that. Oh, okay. Absolute demeanor. Oh. Power. <laughs> New one way. Oh. Um, you know, so. So yeah, so it's it's hard to just say just one or two. It's all of the above, man. Yeah, I'm glad that a lot of these cats are still just doing it. Oh man, so glad. Yeah, because it's it's tough. 
I mean, funk funk is not easy. It's easy while you're funking, but to keep funking is it's kind of hard. Like George said, ain't that funking kind of hard? And yeah, it is. To a, but we still do it because we love it. And then while we're doing it, it's actually easy. But to just keep doing it, doing it, doing it, and funking can get kind of hard. Is there anybody that you're sort of uh, you have a um, a wish list that you could collaborate with? You know, I haven't did anything with Bootsy. I would like to do something with him because I I know he has the shoulder issue with playing and stuff. So I would like I would like to get on a track with him, um, kind of like how we did something with George before it gets. You know, we're not getting any younger, right? So I would like to do that definitely with him. That's he's on the wish list, and I'm thinking on Zoot's next project. We're we're trying our best to get something with him on it so keep our fingers crossed and hopefully that that have come come to light i think i think and then other than that, that studio. oh see great see so i i just remember hearing something about his shoulder or something was happening to where it was getting kind of tough on him to keep playing right so well i heard it was because of his ear uh that's issue. Ah, I heard it was an ear issue. Uh, so playing live with that bass live is why he can't do it. But I think still in the studio he can play. Yeah, see, and, and you know that's got to really suck because I was joking with my wife, um, and I was telling you, well, you know, my eyes. You know, I got to wear glasses. You know, getting older, but it seems like somehow my hearing is getting better. It's, 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 it's strange. I mean, other parts of my body are <laughs> catching up to me, but the hearing, for some reason, after listening to all of this music over these decades, and I, my hearing seems to be great. And just for you to tell me right now that it might be something going on with his ear, and hearing is his life. I mean, being able to hear. I mean, if you can't hear, there's no music, right? I mean, it, it's... That's got to be. Oh, man. I think hopefully he's fine, but he can't risk it with the live thing. Anything else on your sort of bucket list musically? Um, no, not, nothing that I can think of. Just the, the, the format is to continue to do what I'm doing, uh, produce who <clears throat> the people that are in my corner that's been with me for all these years and I'm not going to step out of my lane too much, as, as the kids say. I'm going to pretty much stay in my lane and keep on funking and see what happens. Uh, you know, meeting you was really a, 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 I mean, I'm so glad we did this. You know, I'm happy that you feel the music. You just don't hear the music. You actually feel it. And when I connect with somebody like that, hopefully, you know, we'll be funkers for life, right? Because that's it's rare that you find someone who can feel what you're talking about sometimes. A lot of people hear you, but they don't feel you. And you, I see that you feel this, so that means a lot to me. So if anything comes your way that you think I might want to funk with or not, by all means, you know how to get in touch with me. So, right. new loop. A new yeah, loop oh. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Yeah. I have no problem with that. <laughs>
Hey, back at Truth and Rhythm headquarters. Thank you for joining us on another magical ride with Truth and Rhythm. Whether you're watching or listening, as always, thank you so much for your continued interest and support. Be sure to subscribe. Go to YouTube. Go to the Funkin' Stuff channel. That's where Truth and Rhythm lives and breathes and thrives. Also, goodies here like TIR Quick Takes. And if you subscribe, you know what? You get the show before anyone else. It's free. If you love jazz, funk, R&B, soul, you can't miss it. Pass it along. Tell a friend. Tell family. This audience is growing, and it is a beautiful thing, all coming together for the love of this great music. Also, if you can throw us a buck or two, we could use the support financially, keeping the lights on, keeping the servers going, all these expenses. If you can help support the program, whatever you can give, much appreciated. Go to the FunkinStuff.net website. And on the right-hand side of every page, you just click and you can donate through PayPal, credit card, whatever. Very easy to do and so much appreciated. And if you do a sizable donation, I will mention you on the program. Also, drop me a line. Email me at scottg at funkinstuff.net. Let me know who else you'd like to see on the show, what you enjoy about the music. Let's just kibitz and uh, talk about stuff, you know, talk music. You'll find that I respond very quickly, and I much enjoy the uh, rapport and the camaraderie and the interaction. Always remember, this is your show, The True Music Lover. So for now, that's all the time we have for this one. It's a wrap. As always, Scott Dr. GX Goldfine saying, keep on vibrating to the rhythm of the one. <laughs>